is that you are good despite some of the circumstances that may be around us we look to you this morning Father we put aside the things of the week, the busyness of our minds the problems the questions and we look to you this morning and we say you are good you are full of mercy and kindness, your love you're an amazing God and it's so good to come together this morning and to be able to celebrate in the name of Jesus. So, Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We don't want to just go through the motions today. We welcome you here. Holy Spirit, we desire, we long for your presence, and we ask that you'd be really active throughout the service, or maybe we don't even ask, we, we just give you permission to be active throughout the service and to speak to us, to prompt us, to encourage us, to challenge us. Whatever you want to do, this is your church. So. We commit this time to you, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Why don't you say hello to a couple of people as you sit down and tell them they look fantastic. They sound great. They smell great. They're God's answer to the world's problems. God's answer for Hamilton's problems. Well, this morning's a great morning, and we are very, very privileged to have Ian and Judith Green with us all the way from the UK. Give them a big hand. Great to have them here. We spent the weekend so far with, with Ian and Judith, and on Friday we spent the day, uh, a, a whole bunch of pastors and leaders with, with Ian. And then yesterday, if you were here, great choice coming out yesterday, and we heard from both Ian and Judith, it was a great afternoon. So. Well done. It's been good. And today you're going to be incredibly encouraged as well. Well, if you're visiting today, very, very warm welcome. Great to have you with us. I'm going to ask you in a second just to hold your hand up. I'm going to ask nothing more of you. But I'd love to give you a pack with a bit of, well, hosts will give you a pack with a little information about who we are, where we're going, all that kind of stuff in it. And there's free lollies in there and free coffee card in there too. So if you're visiting, do you want to give me just a quick wave? Fantastic. Welcome. Great to have you here. Wonderful. Yeah, church, give our hosts a big, uh, our guests a big hand. Thanks. Great. Just give, yeah, just a little, little wave again so these guys can see you. That's brilliant. Wonderful. Superb. These guys are full of energy this morning. It's good. It's great. Coffee. 
Ashley's been, oh, tea, 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 great, brilliant. Who's had a birthday? Actually, I know someone who's had a birthday. I know it's Wayne Duckett's birthday today. I think that deserves a massive big hand. He's, he's, he's serving in church even on his birthday. And his wife, Tina, where's Tina? Oh, you're not sitting together. It's Tina, his wife's birthday today as well. And it's an important one, but I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. <laughs> what was that, Wayne? <laughs> if you've had a birthday or a wedding anniversary, why don't you come down here and join me? And we're going to pray over you and bless you. Any wedding anniversaries? Yes, the Mataitis. 10 years. Well done, Linda. <laughs> Brilliant. No other birthdays or celebrations this week. This is it. Why aren't we, we get to just pray for the four of you. It's Phil Strong's birthday, but he's in uh, Dennyburg, I think it is. No, Dargaville, Dargaville. Dargaville preaching this morning, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Why don't you jump up on your feet and we're going to pray God's blessing over these four wonderful people. Six. Six. Oh, we've got more birthdays. Awesome. Happy birthday, guys. Lollipop, good choice, very good choice. Rightio, go with me, let's pray together. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, Amen. Fantastic, give them a big hand. If you were here last week, you'll remember that we announced that Phil and Kathy are going to pastor the church in Te Aumuru, and that's happening in, uh, oh, there you are, that's happening in September officially, but you're kind of almost there now. It's kind of taken off at light speed, hasn't it? So, so that was very, very exciting. And I almost announced last week, but I wasn't allowed to, but Simi's posted on Facebook this week, I need to say that Trevor and Carolyn Reith, who were in Taumanui, but they've been back with us in Hamilton for six six meets, six months, are going to lead the Westside Church in Hamilton. And that's in a couple of weeks as well, eh? So that is really awesome. Fantastic. It's fantastic. It's quite scary, really. If you keep sending people out like this, there'll be no one left. I'm praying for every couple we send, 10 come. That then we can send. I don't want to keep them. That'd be hard work. What else is on my list of things here? Tids, it's time to go. Have an awesome time. And if you're doing Faith 101 this morning, you can go now as well. So if you head to the foyer, Josh will meet you there. Be great. Have a great time. Thank you, leaders. Where are you, Wayne Firth? Wayne's going to share a testimony with us this morning. Give him a hand as he comes, eh? Morning, church. How are you? Ian's probably wondering why this funny guy's got different coloured plaster on. That's because we're patriotic Waikato people, and that's our rugby team. I just thought I'd let you know that. Hey, um, a, a little bit of a testimony. Um, as a builder... 
most of you know that I'm a builder, have a business, and uh, we're quite prone to putting backs out and injuries and various things. And uh, last Saturday, I woke up, I could hardly move. And a lot of that, I think, is because I'm walking on different, uh, you know, with a cast and so forth. And uh, it got, I, I walked out to my, um, to my office and sat down. And when I went to stand up, I called out to Karen, help! And basically, I collapsed on the ground. And, uh, and then I had to, um, uh, I dragged myself into the lounge with the gas heater on and stayed there for about a couple of hours. And over the next couple of days, it was incredibly painful. And Karen will tell you that this is the worst that she's ever seen me. And um, <clears throat> just happened to talk to Alan, Alan Hall. And Alan Hall and Tim Marsden popped around, I think the next day or that day, prayed for me. And, uh, you know, the next day I got up and I was basically like I am now. So isn't God good? Now, I'm not saying I'm completely healed. I'm still taking the odd painkiller and various things, but imagine what I would have been like if I hadn't had them come and pray for me. So, you know, so God's goodness there. And just another quick testimony. Um, Ian shared yesterday about the architect. We're architects of culture. You probably hear a bit about that this morning. And uh, I was telling Sheridan yesterday that um, uh, one of the painters that I use is an older guy called Ron, Ron Dimes. And Ron, since he's been working for me over a number of years, he's done a lot of work for Christian people. Like when we did the foyer extension, he did the painting on that. He's done a lot of other painting. He's done a lot at ATC. Uh, I think he's doing some painting for Treble, Trevor at the moment and Maurizio. And, and he's met a lot of Christians along the way. Also, when we did Sheridan's edition, um, he was the painter on that and got to know Sheridan a lot too. You know, he, he's told me a number of times, but we met him at um, Bunnings uh, Saturday, I think. And uh, he had his wife there. And, he, you know, we couldn't get away from him. He was just really pleased to see me. And, you know, he, he commented that there's something about you Christian guys, particularly from the Activate Church. Every time I meet you guys, the ATC people, the church people, you're full of joy, you're happy. You know, and that's the, the culture being architects of the culture that we're in by leaving by leaving the DNA of who Jesus is in our lives, it's touching the people, you know, the aroma of Christ. So that was really exciting to, to hear Ron. And, uh, you know, he said, oh, if I come along to your church, I'd have to change. <laughs> well, we're going to get him along. And, uh, you know, he's, a, he's an awesome guy, but obviously doesn't know the Lord. And he's just really touched by the Christians, particularly from our church. So that's a real encouragement that the, the DNA of Christ, the aroma of Christ is happening through what we're doing here. Bless you guys. Brilliant. It's encouraging, eh? I, I reckon they should invite Ron along and challenge him, say, I challenge you to come to church and not change. <laughs> Turn it around. Give him something to work toward. Be awesome. Thank you, Caleb. Why don't you jump to your feet? Let's carry on worshiping.
to share this one thing with you, church, this morning. And that's the word opportunity. And uh, this is our opportunity to meet with our God this morning. Isn't it not? Isn't that not cool? Isn't that not amazing? And on the other side of opportunity, when you take it, is what Wayne did before. It's testimony. That's what God has done. So let's take our opportunity. It's so good. Praise you, Lord. Grace, glorious grace. Grace, glorious grace. At the cross, you called it finished. Grace, wonderful grace. Grace, wonderful grace. At the cross, all of my sin is. Call me, come back. 
win no matter what. No matter what I've done, no matter where I've been, no matter how I fall, you pick me up again. You have removed my shame, you take me No matter. that a little bit more in a moment but I've got this picture going around in my head Jen can you just come help me for a moment just for some people can you just sit on the stair I just really um, sense God coming in behind people this morning and not kind of grabbing them by the scruff but just helping them up sort of embracing them grabbing them by the shoulders by the arms just lifting them gently to their feet and then just dusting just dusting the stuff off and saying come on let's go again let's go again so I don't know if that's you this morning but how about as we sing it a couple more times just allow yourself to yeah, thanks, just to, uh, allow yourself to um, imagine Jesus just coming in behind you this morning and just lifting you back to your feet dusting you off Say, come on, let's go again. All right? Yeah, you've got something for here, come on. Just want to support what Pastor Sheridan's encouraging us with this morning by the Spirit of God. 
One of the names for the Spirit is the one who draws alongside the Counselor, the Comforter. And Jesus was our first advocate and He died for us. He died in our place. But the Spirit of God is another Counselor. And He comes and argues before the courts of our heart that truly we are children of God. That truly we are saved. And there are voices that come into our minds and into our hearts from the world that say you're not worthy, you're not good enough. And we draw away from the one source of life and purity and hope. But God this morning is seeking to pick us up. God this morning has called alongside us to lift us, to argue before the courts of our hearts who we truly are. And if we would open ourselves to Him this morning and hear the truth. If it comes down to be good enough, I'm the first one to leave the building. I'll be the first one out of here. It's about the grace of God. Yeah? Can we just sing that again? Come on, allow to pick you up this morning.
grace of God is the most mysterious yet the most wonderful thing. Yeah. Really, really is. Well, before you sit down, it is a great, great pleasure to have Ian and Judith with us this weekend. And I said in the first service, I'll say again, except I'll try not to ramble as long this time, that Ian could be anywhere in the world today. And it's not like he's got nothing to do. It's not like, oh, wow, Ian's here. That was good luck. It's Ian's here because Ian is carrying something that is helping us go in the direction that God's called us to go as a church. And um, so I really want you to not only turn your physical ears on this morning, but your, your spiritual ears as well. And ask the question of God, what are, you, what are you saying to us as a church? But what are you saying to me? What are you saying to me this morning? How is what Ian's saying this morning going to help release me into the call of bringing goodness, capital G, into our spheres of influence, into our city, into our nation, into the nations of the world. So it's awesome to have you with us, Ian. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Judith, for being here. Great to have you both here together. Really, really cool. And um, why don't you come and have some fun? Give him a big hand. Good morning. How's the coffee doing? It's, uh, it's a real pleasure to be back in Hamilton. I tremendously enjoyed uh, my time with you last year, and I've been all over the world since I've been here, and I have to confess, I have been bragging about you. <laughs> bragging about you. I think there are very few churches currently on the planet that are so absolutely intentional about engaging with community, bringing the kingdom of God from heaven to their city in very tangible and practical ways. And so feel honored that I can come these uh, couple of days and just have fuel to your fire and uh, trust that the Lord will continue to do what He's already began to do. To give you a little bit of a context of um, why I speak like I speak and what we do like we do, I lead an organization called the Proton Foundation. If you ever Google that and you looked at the website, you will find absolutely nothing Christian on that website. There's not a dove to be found. There's not a cross to be seen. There's not a piece of... Uh, um, mistletoe in any bird's mouth that will indicate at all that that is actually a Christian website, but it is totally filled with biblical truth. Because we, we, we are engaging with communities uh, across the globe, trying to influence uh, secular organizations, local governments, to begin to imbibe and embrace what we would see as the values of the kingdom of God. So let me just show this little short video, and I'll give you a picture of uh, the background of why I'm speaking like I'm speaking today. Thank you. Prodon is passionately committed to seeing communities changed across the world, bringing hope 
and a future once where there was depression and despair. Seeing individuals as a tremendous potential and seeing that potential released in their lives. We are committed to seeing an economic future come to the poorest of the poor so that they will secure something for their families and a future that's worth living for. When I, when I came last year, after I left the church uh, out of your missions offering, sent an incredible gift to us to help us do what we were doing in Eastern Europe. And one of the things that we have started to do is insulate the homes of poor families in a particular community. In that community, it goes down to minus 25 in the winter months. It's, uh, it's very near the sea, so, the, so it actually feels much colder than that. Inside the homes, maybe minus 8 that's not a happy place to live. And so a part of us downloading goodness was we have began to work on a process of insulating 40 homes in that particular community. And um, as a result of your kindness and incredible generosity last year, we were do, able to do a couple of homes. And um, as a result of that, it just reduced the hostility towards us as a community of faith because we had... Uh, yeah, we were seen as the cult, we were seen as the weird group, but that's actually downloading that level of goodness to, commun- to the community and to families just changed. In fact, over the last uh, 12 months, over 30-something teenagers gave their lives to Jesus Christ. <laughs> 23 have been baptized in water, and water baptism is a huge gig in, uh, in Romania. It's just massive. And so I just want to just show you what you helped us to do. And I just want you to celebrate with us because I'm breezing in and out. But what you did will have a continual impact probably for at least for a decade going forward. It may have been sounded simple to you, but it was profound to those villagers. So just have a quick look at this and uh, just rejoice with me. Here we are back in Peona after six months. Last year we were able to do five houses on the insulation house project. This year we're planning to do ten. It's fantastic what has happened for these families. Yeah, so give God praise. Hallelujah. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 29. As you turn in there, just to say... There are resources available in the foyer by the coffee machine, and um, these maybe have helped to you. I think I, I maybe spoke one of these messages last year, manifesting goodness, how to get goodness out of our life, into our community, into our family. Three hours there that will be a blessing to you. As one year called Limitless Living, the Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who, trans- who strengthens me. 
that means basically nothing to most people who are listening to me. You have actually no, not a clue how to access that truth. On you, I tell you how you can actually access that truth called live, limitless living. And then how to walk in favor. How do you get the favor of God to come upon you? Because it doesn't come by praying more. And it doesn't come by reading the Bible more. And it doesn't come by coming to church more. And it doesn't come by giving more. So how do you get the favor, the unmerited favor of God on you? By the CD pack. Okay. Look, these are, these are $20 each. If you buy three, you get three for 55 If you buy four this morning, the fifth one becomes free. And that helps us to do some of the stuff that you saw on that screen at the back of us there. There are other um, items. There's one called Extraordinary Living. How to get a word of knowledge in farmers. Yeah, that's where we need it. What's the difference between faith and risk? How do you get God's promises to meet your needs? How to obtain and operate spiritual gifts? So lots of practical stuff, inspirational stuff there. And then because our lifestyle has been a lifestyle of faith for the last 27 years, we have not taken a salary, but we have seen God do incredible things through our lives and through our ministries by the operation of faith. And here's, here's a little thing you're called Faith Foundations, maybe 25 stories um, teaching of how God can actually change your world and the world around you. So trust they will be a blessing to you, and they are available outside. I think they will take cash, credit card, Rolex watches, children over 12 who are healthy. We can help you. Bless you. Turn with me to um, Jeremiah chapter 29. I think you probably know the verse if you've been in church any amount of time. Verse 11 says, For I know the plans, I know the plans, I declare the Lord, plans to prosper you, plans not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God's plans are often linked to how we understand God in our head. If you think God is a mean, whinging, restrictive, legalistic, punitive, begging for attention being, then you will live your life under that canopy of revelation. If you understand that God is a God of kindness and goodness and mercy, and relentless forgiveness, who loves to bless his children with good things. You actually begin to embrace a picture of God that will actually begin to change your life. What's always interesting for me, and it's not strange really, but we, we often find that uh, people are cool, that the grace of God can go to the vilest, ugliest, filthiest sinner on the planet. That's, the grace is good for that person, but for the person who's been to the cross, crossed over, come to Jesus, somehow that grace is not quite good enough now. We have to do stuff to make God happy. We have to, we have to perform. We have to play act. We have to pretend. We have to go through routines. We have to kind of do stuff. In fact, there's a whole book written about that in the New Testament called the book of Galatians. He says, you first started in the Spirit, 
but now you've ended up in the flesh. And I want to talk to us today about God's blueprint for our lives, because God has a plan. You may not have a plan. You may be a random person. You may not even have a diary or a calendar. You may have no goals, but God, He's got a plan for you. He's got a plan for you, and it's mapped out. And the great thing about God's plan is this. God has a solution long before there's a problem. So sometimes we doubt the plan of God when things are not going as we anticipated. Is that true? We go out on a journey, like the disciples on the boat, going to go across to the other side. Jesus, let's go across to the other side. They're on the boat, they're going across, and they hit a storm. Anybody hit any storms in life? Or has it all been plain sailing? If it's all been plain sailing, you must be dead. For the rest of us, we've discovered life sometimes can be a bit stormy. Sometimes it can be a bit challenging. Sometimes it can be a bit difficult. And sometimes when we, when we understand something of the plan and it's not working according to the plan, we actually doubt that the plan is authentic. But God has a plan. And you need to understand because God has a plan. He has a solution before there's ever a problem. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, it says this, For God saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because he had a plan that from the beginning of time to show us his grace through Christ Jesus. Do you understand? When Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't go, Oh, flipping heck! Stinking, Nora, what are they playing in? What's happening here? No, no, no. The Bible says before they sinned, God had already had a plan to solve that problem. And do you know whatever problem we are facing in life, the solution has already been dispatched. Did you hear that? The problem, whatever problem we have, the solution has already been dispatched. So it was with Adam and Eve. What about what about David and Goliath? There was Israel, the army of God, the equipped, the trained, the people of God. And here they are, incredible, incredible army of God. But they're fearful of this tall, uh, tall guy who's intimidating them, abusing them, uh, speaking evil things about their God. And, and they're peeing their pants. They're absolutely panicking. But God's laughing because he's got a solution not the kind of solution that people are looking for. It's, it's not a boy. In a, it's not a man in armor with a torpedo in his hand. It's a 17-year-old boy, ruddy, who'd been having target practice with a few bears and, and lions for a couple of years. He says, let me at him. See, God had a solution before there was a problem. God has a solution before there's a problem. God's got a plan. We think of Esther. Artaxerxes is going to wipe out the whole nation of Israel, but God's already preparing Esther. And Haman, instead of getting, um, Haman gets hanged, and, and the purpose of God comes forward. You know, some years ago, we, we'd, been, we'd been working in, in Romania for quite a number of years, and for some time, we were training about 2,000 leaders each year, sponsoring them to come to the events, paying for their train fare because the economy was so bad. And we got to the point where we could no longer accommodate all the leaders that wanted to be trained into the venue. And so we were renting 
hotel complexes that would take about 2,000 people, but there was no single room that we could actually fit everybody in. And so I thought, well, you know, why don't we get a tent? And for the general plenary sessions, we can do them in a tent, and then we can break up into the seminar rooms in the hotels. And so I say to the brothers on the ground, I says, you know, let, let's just see if we can find a tent. There's loads, loads of evangelistic crusades going on at that time in Romania. Why don't we just borrow a tent? Why don't we just steal a tent in the name of Jesus? <laughs> and so they go looking around. They can't find nothing. We're about three weeks out before the conference is going to start. I says, guys, it's got to be a flipping tent. They're like, you know. He says, no one will lend us the tent. I say, okay. So I go off to preach in Calgary, Alberta, in Canada for the weekend, and I'm there speaking, and lunchtime we go out for dinner, and I end up in a restaurant, and there's a guy right at the back of the restaurant that I recognize. We worked together in our own town about 15 years previous doing high school ministry and whatever, and so I go, Mike, mate, how you doing? And I knew that Mike worked a little bit in Romania and a lot in Africa. I went to a little catch-up. I said, you know, Mike, I know that you do a bit of stuff in uh, Romania. Look, I'm looking, I'm needing a tent to seat at least 2,000 people. Do you know anybody, any of your friends in Romania got a tent that we can just borrow for five days for this conference? He says, no, I said, I got no friends with a tent that big. He says, but I've got a tent. It says 2,300 people. I says, where is the tent? And when he explained where the tent was, it was 500 meters from where the conference was being held. Like, how lucky was that? That's what you call the luck of the Lord. For the uninitiated, that's like God's plan happening. Okay, so. Wow. See, God had a solution before we even knew there was a problem. Because God has a plan. Life is not random. It's not just a bunch of events all coming together that sometimes cascade into chaos. No, God has a plan. Let me tell you this God has a good plan. It's a good plan. It's not a destructive plan. It's not a plan for calamity or disaster. No, no, it's a good plan. Good trees produce good fruit. A good God produces good plans. God has good plans. And a part of God's God's good plan is this. Part of His good plan for you is to develop the depth of your character. Now, that doesn't feel like good to the flesh, but it's very good to the Spirit. It's a good plan. And sometimes when we can't get our own way and we don't have what we want and it's not working out as we'd anticipated, but we have to keep on walking with the revelation that we have, it it puts a depth of character inside of you that will sustain you when the storm gets really rough. And God's good plan is that you end up as a person with character. And sometimes when you end up with a person of character. You have to make decisions that are not always helpful, that are not always real, really looking good. We have a friend um, in Phuket, and uh, after the tsunami, they got a number of people saved from Burma, and they're going back and forth into, the, into Burma. And uh, they were going in there to take, uh, to take uh, church planters that they trained. And, um, of course, they were going in every month, and eventually the guards... The border guards kind of twigged on to what was happening. They says, Brian, we know what you're doing. We know what you're doing. We're not going to let you in unless 
unless you give us a bribe. So you say, how much is that? So in your money, it was 10 cents. 10 cents bribe. He said, I can't possibly pay that. No, no, I can't possibly pay that 10 cent bribe. Now, he says, now in the tsunami, was the border control of the police station, was it damaged at all? Yeah, badly damaged. So, well, how much is that going to cost to fix? It's probably, probably about $1,000 in your kind of money. He says, well, we can fix your police station for you. But we can't give you 10 cents. Because Brian's goal is, he says, I know how to bless, but I'm not very good at bribing. The community can benefit, but the individual can't. And see, sometimes there are character decisions that we have to make that we, we go, oh man, that's going to stop it. No, 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 no. We're staying true to the principles of what God has called us to do. It's his gig to sort it out. It's his gig. The good plan involves experiencing loss. Say, blinking egg, that doesn't sound like a good plan. See, the problem is when we don't experience loss, we actually don't know what we've got. And oftentimes, only after we've experienced loss do we understand what we've got. And anybody that has been through any level of bereavement will understand loss. And somehow, the relationships that you do have beyond that become richer, more wholesome, more complete, because the loss has readjusted the lens of your value system. And although none of us like to receive loss, none of us like to have a business that goes bankrupt, none of us like to have a job where we get sacked from, none of us like any of that. But let me tell you, loss is a part of the process of God adjusting our value system on our lens of life that we start focusing on what really matters. It's a good plan. It's a good plan. And God's good plans always ends well. So if you're in the middle of something right now, and it's not, it's not good, it's not ended well, it's obviously not the end. Because <laughs> all of God's plans ends well. So if it's not well, it's not the end. There's still some steps to take. There's still some moves to make. There's still some things to be done. There's still some processes to be sorted out. There may be still some internal unjust adjustments that we have to make that we line ourselves up with the plans and the purposes of God. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a goal person. I'm a goal person. I like goals. I have goals in numbers of different areas of my lives. But I learned out many, I learned many years ago, goals are tricky. I used to think was goal, goals was the aim to get stuff, get a better marriage, become a better parent, get more cash, have a greater social impact. Then I began to understand, no, 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 goals are just tricks for us to become a bigger person. So when you have no goals, which some of you are very satisfied with that, you don't have to change. You little tinker. 
No, the moment you get goals, you're going to have to change. Something is going to have to happen. And in that process of change, there's you fall down and you get up. You fall down and you get up. And I think as Psalm 37 says, that the righteous falls down seven times. There's no problem in falling down. There's no problem in failing. There's no, there's, that's not the problem. The problem is not getting back up. That's the problem. Falling down is normal. Staying down for the Christian, that's not normal. It's normal to get back up. Go again. Get some breath. Find some encouragement. Engender some prayer. Get some bodies around you. And see, as we're thinking of community transformation, we're thinking of maybe projects. We may be thinking of things that we can do. We start to discover there are incredible needs in this community. We start thinking maybe about domestic violence. We say, my gosh, that's such a huge thing. But you can't get it out of your head. We need solutions to domestic violence. And then you get this, this thing. i got to get a solution. But the goal is so flipping enormous that you now have to start reading about it. So the process, you start after connecting with social services. You may have to talk to somebody in the university. You may have to talk to psychology. And you start, you start looking for the answer. That's what goal does. One of the communities we're working in has 98% unemployment. You walk in that community, hopelessness is tangible. It's so poor there, they can't afford nappies for the kids to go to bed at night. Kids go to bed buck naked from their waist down, sleep on a sheet, no running water in the community. I know you can't think this is Europe, but it is. And they clean up the mess in the morning. And I say that level of indignity is not tolerable. I need an answer. I need, I know kids, anybody that's had kids, you know they need more than one nappy a day. Depending on the schedule, at least four. So I actually am on a campaign to get 92,000 nappies into that community in the next 12 months. And that is going to happen. I'm not going to be intimidated by that number. No, I'm going to be excited how God's going to lead us to get that number. There, there are ladies in that community, they can't afford sanitary towels. In fact, one of the ladies, one, one, uh, uh, four or five months, four months ago, spoke to one of our workers there, Lena. She's there, it's raining. Her monthly period is coming down her legs into the mud. She says, Elena, I've got to go and I've got to go to the doctor. I can't go to the doctor like this. Can't you help me? And I say, that level of indignity in the 21st century in Europe is not allowable. That can be fixed. That can be fixed. So we're going to fix that for 103 ladies. 50 bucks a year, we'll fix it. Well, that's just ridiculous, isn't it? Fifty bucks of you will fix it. And what does it do? It brings goodness into that community. 
It brings the hand of God into that community. It brings kindness into that community. In that community, they need 50 new homes. We're going to build 50 new homes. Not flashy homes like you live in. Because the Roma don't want flashy homes. They want a home that's dry and warm and fits into their culture. So I... Yeah, I don't know how I'm going to resource 50 homes at the moment. But I know we're going to do it. Because I've got a goal. Do you have a goal? Do you have a goal to change your workplace? Do you have a goal to change your family? Do you have a goal, the club that you're in? Do you have a goal to bring levels of influence? See, we need to understand that God has a good plan. And the good plan is, is that we download goodness into our world. Then God has a plan, and it's a plan to prosper you. He wants to prosper you in your thinking. Prosper you in your thinking. Most of us are thinking too little and too small. For many years, for many years, I signed up for the SMART acrostic for goals. Anybody want to know what that is? The SMART acrostic. What does that stand for? Don't know. Specific. What's, what's M? Measurable. And E is what? A is achievable. And R is realistic, is it? Realistic. And T is what? Time Pacific. It's a load of nonsense. If you sign up for that, you just want to go a little bit above average. No, no, no. I, I know from my faith life, if you're going to have a goal, number one, it has to be impossible. No, no, we're, the, we're that kind of people. No, it has to be impossible. The first thing, it has to be impossible. And number two, it must demand I have to learn a new skill to get there. I have to change. Hello. You're not liking this. There are diapers available at the back. <laughs> it has to be impossible. I have to change. And thirdly, I'm going to need some supernatural help to make this happen. Because I'm a faith person. Because the Bible says the just shall live with a bit of luck. No, no. The just shall live by faith. So anything that we're not doing doesn't have a mix of faith in it. It's a sin. Get that, baby. So, so no, no, no. Ian, you understand? We, we, we are, we're New Zealanders. We are conservative Beautiful. Now become Christians. <laughs> anyway, that's all free. God wants to prosper us in our mind. And, and I am a tremendous believer in declaring the future that God has for us. In cognitive psychology, they call it affirmations. In the Christian faith, we call it positive confession. So I say most days, goodness and mercy is behind me, and it's making a way for me. I am forever loved by my Heavenly Father on a daily basis. When I feel it and when I don't feel it, I still say it. I am seeing, what I'm seeing as challenges are but timing issues, and all will end well, I am daily focusing my faith on Almighty God, whom nothing is impossible. I'm speaking that out. 
I'm speaking that out. I'm influencing people to become a greater tangible help to the widow, the poor, and the orphan. I'm speaking that out. And you see, when you start speaking that out, what is coming out of your mouth, you begin to change your thinking. And in the depths of despair, you have to begin to speak those faith statements. And you say, well, well, I'm lying. I'm lying. It's not the truth. No, no, no. The Bible says we speak those things as if they are, although they're not. The way that we get out of the pit is not by measuring how deep the pit is, not by looking how we got into the pit. No, no, no. We're looking for a way out of the pit, and you get out of the pit by looking up, and you're looking up to Jesus, and you're saying, he's my source, he's my life, he's my strength. Okay, what truth does he have that I can hook on to that's going to get me out of here? God wants to prosper you in your body. We know Isaiah 53 and verse 6 says, by his stripes we are healed. But I wonder, I wonder, maybe because I'm getting a little older, maybe I'm beginning to think about, well, what are the processes of not getting sick? It's okay getting healed, but what processes do I need to implement not to get sick? God wants to prosper you in your spirit. He wants you to have a vital, live, communicating relationship with your kind, generous, loving Heavenly Father. Then quickly, number four, God plans, God's plans to give you a future now. Here and now, the future is. It's not 10 years away, it's not 15 years away. We jump into the future now and we pull our current reality into the future. That's called faith. What some of us have done is, uh, is we've, let, we've let someone who've given up on their dreams to talk us out of our dreams. Who is that? Who talked you out of your dreams? Who talked you out of God's plan for your life? Who was it? Was it circumstances? Was it some negative friends? Was it just life just became so overwhelming and you felt crushed? I'm saying punt that in the name of Jesus. Or maybe, may, maybe, maybe, maybe you're like me. I've made many mistakes in life. In fact, I just wish... You could get PhDs for mistakes, for, for mistake-making, because I'd have about three or four PhDs for mistake-making. But I'm not going to allow my mistakes and my disappointments of the past direct my future. The past is the past. Done. I'm going forward. Are you going forward? Are you going forward? That was the question. Three of us. Are you going forward? Let me give you a few quick keys that'll help you. Because I'm believing the good work that's already began in this city through Vision College, through Community Link, through, through testimonies that we heard already over the weekend, through people doing other people's gardens, through people baking a cake, through people helping other people. People start fantasizing what good things they can do to people who are already in their world. They're already, I'm, I'm thinking, how do we accelerate that? How, how can we accelerate that? Well, this is how we accelerate. Number one, picture your God-given future. What does that look like? What does it look like for the kingdom of God to be all over Hamilton. It would be too small. The vision is too small if we're only going to fill this room six times on a weekend. That'd be too small. That'd be too little. Don't buy into that small, little, 
dream. What's it going to be like for Jesus to be in the mayor's office, in the hospital, in the school system, in the business district, in your world, in your factory, in your school, in your doctor's surgery, on your factory floor, as you're on the building site, what's it going to look like for heaven to start coming down? Can you get a picture of what that might look like? Once you've got that, prepare to move in that direction. Once you've got the picture, make it as clear, definitive as you possibly can. Then begin to move in that. You say, well, I, I, I don't know all the steps. No, no, I'll just take the first step. If you take the first step, the second step, and the third step, and the fourth step, it'll come. And then thirdly, develop the necessary skills to get there. There may be stuff you're going to have to learn and do and acquire that you don't have at the moment. That's, that's a part of the gig. And, th- and fourthly, three times a day, confess what your future is. I'm confessing. I'm confessing. I see 50 homes built in that poor village. I see, I see, I see 103 ladies being cared for on a monthly basis. I see 62 children having at least four nap. I see that. I see that. I see the kingdom of God bringing hope. I see I see economic development in that community. I see us creating jobs for people to go to work to meet their own needs. I see that. And this is now what I see. I see that being multiplied over 20 or 30 or 50 communities right across East. That's what I see. What do you see? What do you see? Hamilton, what do you see? What do you see in Hamilton? What do you see in your business? What do you see in your home? What do you see in your family? What do you see in your school district? What do you see in the ugliest, dirtiest, most challenging area of Hamilton? What's drug-infested, crime-ridden? What do you see? We know what's there now, but what do you see? What does the eyes of faith take you to? I think today, I think today something is waking up. I think today what you gave up on, you're feeling fresh energy. You're feeling new faith. You're feeling more confidence. And you want to agree with God that the good plan that he has for you, it seems and seemingly being delayed, but it's not being canceled. If you said, I'm taking the plan, stand with me right now. I'm taking the plan. I'm taking the plan. I'm taking the plan. And if you have no idea what the plan is, saying, God, I want the plan. Some of you are taking the plan, and I want the plan. However you receive, however you receive from Jesus, let's agree together right now in Jesus' name. If you raise your hands, if you have to kneel down, if you open your well, however you receive right now, there's faith in my heart for the resurrection of old dead ideas are actually coming alive. They were babies of new birth that were going to bring life and vitality and it feels that they've been dead in the womb but right now I'm speaking life and vitality and newness and hope and faith right now in the name of Jesus. So Father I say for everyone standing on their feet those with no plan begin to stir their hearts to the plan in Jesus name and for those Lord that have that have put their plan on hold that have been discouraged been overwhelmed been 
whatever, Father. I just pray today, Lord, a new sense of hope, a new sense of encouragement, a new sense of faith. Father, I say, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you, Ian. That's great. Ian's going to be speaking again tonight at 6 p.m., so I'd be here if I was you. Hey, um, we, don't, we don't normally receive a, an offering in our services because we really, really encourage you to be purposed in your giving rather than just sort of, oh, that's right, I should do it. We want to be purposed. And so can I encourage you as you leave to be purposed in your giving at the giving stations to the left of the doors, and that would be really, really great. We're looking at our numbers the last few weeks. We need to be purposed in our giving. They've been flasher. But also, today I would like to receive a, an offering in the service. And uh, the offering that we're about to receive, if the hosts could ready themselves, is going to be given to Ian and Judith Green to say thank you for being with us for the weekend. But we also want to give a significant gift to the Proton Foundation. You've seen some of the work that our gift did last year, which is really, really good. And uh, we want to keep investing in that direction as well. So if I can... In- encourage you to sow into that, it would be fantastic. And uh, we're going to do that. If the team could uh, yeah, just get yourselves ready there, it would be good. I'll pray, and if you want to ready yourself while I'm praying, then the team will just, just hang on a second until I've prayed, and then we can receive that. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the thoughts that have been stirred. Thank you for the dreams that have been planted today. And Father, I ask that they're not only planted, but the water has gone on them today. In fact, I ask that water's gone on every seed that's been carried in this building in the name of Jesus. And Father, we do want to do what you want us to do in this city, in this nation, in the nations of the world. Father, we don't want to be restricted by fear. So I ask that you would release courage for every person in the name of Jesus. Father, I ask that you would release a great dose of purpose in Jesus' name and that you would draw each of us to be kingdom-focused in Jesus' name. Father, it's our privilege to walk with you. We are so grateful that we can call you Father. We are so grateful that we can call Jesus Saviour, brother, friend, and that we have the Holy Spirit to empower us. We are so thankful. Help us as we walk forward in Jesus' name. And I pray for every one of us that you would help us wherever and whenever to be like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for coming out this morning. I hope you're encouraged. I hope you're stirred. Um, Out in the foyer, remember, Ian's resources, they will be helpful to you. Why don't we finish with a celebrate and see you tonight. You think you are good.